Somebody call the police or something. Skippy's over here. He's been taken by the Russians. Well, no, not exactly. Not exactly. I I uh, wanted to begin the show with a little shout out to my Russian listeners, which have doubled. They have doubled overnight. So I have a following somewhere in Russia. Don't know who it is. Don't really care. If you want to hear me talk about Cleveland sports and uh, other fine American shenanigans, welcome. Enjoy. Uh, Vladimir Putin, if it happens to be you, I hope you're listening carefully because chances are I'm going to be teaching you a few things about how we do things in America. Okay? Welcome to the show. Privyet. Hello. And uh, keep on listening, Russia. Love you. If you can... uh hear the space heater behind me, which I'm wagering you probably can. My apologies for that hum, <laughs> but uh, I'm sitting in front of the space heater. It's gotten a bit chilly here in in the uh, area I'm in, and I've decided I'm not going to turn the furnace on just yet because the bill's already atrocious and we haven't gotten to the winter season. So... I'm warming up in front of it, but um, a dear friend of mine, we've known one another for quite a few years now, uh, tweeted the message that uh, feeling anything for anyone is the worst type of pain. And As much as I wish to say I can't relate, I very much can. Now, I'm very hypersensitive. Uh, On the Meyer-Briggs scale, I am an INFJ. So, very intuitive, very feeling, and... uh, kind of lead with my emotions at times and I'm very empathic so I can understand where you know one is already dealing with their own strong emotions but then when they when they are around people they have this habit of of feeling the strong emotions of others They have a habit of wanting to love on everybody and care for them. And ultimately, they they care for far too many people that they probably shouldn't. I know I have in my life. Uh, At times, I have overextended my circle. Uh, to allow more and more people in. I wanted more and more friends. I wanted to care for more people. But it's it's incredibly draining. It's incredibly painful. Uh, because the more people that you allow into your circle, into your heart, uh, to have space in your thoughts on a daily basis, the more likely you are to be hurt. I've learned that. And I've learned at times when I've gone through pain because 
one too many people in my life has caused me that pain, you've got to close your circle a bit. You, have, you just simply have to become more in tune with your intuition and know who you can trust, who is worth the pain. Who is worth your time and your effort and your love? If you are like me, if you're, if you're that sort of hypersensitive, if you're empathic, if you're, uh, you know, INFJ like I am, you're, you need to choose who you allow in very, very closely, or you're more likely to have your heart broken more often than not. And my advice to this dear friend is don't, do not close off entirely. I know, I know you probably, you're probably not thinking that you will, but if you have that mindset already, that having feelings for others is going to lead you to pain, you're more likely to give over to that, how can I put this nicely, the hermit mentality that sometimes grips me even. Uh, there are times that I simply want to go into solitude and stay there. But we need love too. We need care too. As much as those around us need it, so do we. So, Choose wisely, but do choose. Choose people to love, choose people to care for, maybe one at a time. And maybe just friends and acquaintances at first. Keep them over there, and as your intuition tells you, it's okay to bring them closer, bring them closer. But don't... Don't, again, choosing my words very carefully. You'll find that sometimes I do that when I'm talking personally. Um, you know, bring them in, but don't project your expectations onto them. You see, the average human is not... Is not uh, one that you want to entrust with your expectations because their chance, chances are they're not going to meet them. Chances are those that you've allowed into your inner circle are going to, at some point, let you down. You need to accept that straight off. But if you've chosen whom you allow in wisely, when they make a mistake, they are more likely to care that they have stomped on your feelings or uh, hurt you in some way. And they're more likely to try to mitigate the damage a little better. You know, surround yourself with people who truly love and care for you. And again, this comes back to that intuition. 
this comes back to that uh, knowing inside when you look at somebody that that the feelings I, I know that not everybody is as empathic as I am but knowing inside of you when you look at someone when you talk to them I mean don't don't be judgmental about it but allow your heart to communicate with your mind and say yes this person is good to have in your life they're going to have your best interests at heart they're going to truly care for you and and allow allow your intuition to to speak loudly and choose those around you more wisely and you will ultimately find that that they are less likely to stomp on your feelings and to make you feel this way i think the times that i have felt in my life that that uh, feeling for anyone is a bad idea that is because i dropped my guard for one too many people or in in some cases several and uh, I know that I'm not alone in that. Uh, people who are dear to me have said very similar things. Why do I allow people in when all they're going to do is hurt me? You have great wisdom within you. Within you is a strong intuition, is a very strong person. Even when you feel weak, even when you feel helpless, even when you feel as though you are unworthy of love or care, know that you are strong and you are very worthy of love and care. And if those around you don't make you feel that way, they don't deserve to be around you. I understand that that sometimes you get fished in. And again, humans are very good at that. I've, I've learned that from my time on this planet, is humans are very, very good at uh, putting on airs to get what they want, including your presence. And the only remedy for that is to follow your heart, to follow your intuition and know who it is you're truly dealing with. See into them. Don't just, don't just look at the, at the face. Don't just listen to the words. Let, let that inner, that inner strength speak and tell you and then once you have decided this person is worthy of my love they're worthy of my care they're worthy of my worthy of my time do your very best to love them and care for them expect the same out of them it's only fair but most importantly love and care for yourself and if for any reason you find doubt that that person loves and cares for you in the same way 
then shuffle them off. There are billions of people on this planet. And I have determined that the majority of them aren't going to know you. They're not going to like you. They're not going to love you. They're not going to care for you. You are going to be a passing piece of dust in their wind. But the ones that you truly feel have taken note of you and value you, stick with them. And never let them go. But first and foremost, always and forever, love and care for yourself first. Protect yourself, and if you need to, step away. Don't be afraid. It is most important that you are comfortable with those around you. Yes, it can be difficult. It can be most difficult to give up on someone. You don't have to stop loving them even if you stop liking them. You bless them, you wish them well on their way, and then you part way. You part company with them and, and just allow the good times to linger and let the rest go. And in time, my dear friend, you will soon see that Feeling for others truly is worth the pain. Because overall, the pain will lessen if you love yourself first. Wow, wow, wow. What a game for the Indians today. Uh, the They beat the Tigers 7-4. to four. And quite frankly, the game wasn't as close as the score indicates uh, to take the series against the Tigers. They now begin a four-game uh, series against the White Sox and then three against Pittsburgh. Seven games all at home before the playoffs. It goes without saying that the Indians are within striking distance of clenching the playoffs. Uh, and with this four-game series, they have a good shot of vaulting back up into the standings and perhaps uh, by the end of this seven games, they can end up being the American League Central Champions once again. But today's effort was absolutely crucial. I cannot emphasize that enough. Now, this puts the Indians, I believe, five and a half back of Chicago and two and a half back of Minnesota. Both teams have already clinched the playoffs. They cannot be booted out by anybody. Uh we are in seventh overall, just above the Blue Jays. 
uh, with the Mariners chasing both of us. Now, the Mariners are at 29, 23 and 29. So they have a losing record at present, which is a good sign. Uh, but especially when you have a four-game series against the White Sox and then three against Pittsburgh, now is not the time to forget the scoring that just went on. Now, let, let's recap today because today today's game uh, is indicative of a whole lot of things that I've been saying. Now, you have Carlos Carrasco. Poor Cookie has has suffered from bad run support uh, this season. Today, he got a ton of it. So, so Cookie gives up no runs, one hit, 11 strikeouts, three walks, does what he is supposed to do for his seven innings. They bring in the bullpen, and, and you start with Cam Hill. Cam Hill gives up three runs. Brad Hand gives up another run. Now it's seven to four instead of seven to nothing. How did it get to be seven to nothing? Well, Jose Ramirez, the goat, had himself one heck of a day. Two two run blasts. Uh, two uh, two uh, you know just absolutely monstrous day for Jose Ramirez, and he alone. Uh, should have won them the game. Uh, but uh, if if no other runs had been scored, why, you know, it would have been a tie game thanks to Brad Hand giving up a fourth run. So thankfully, the rest of the team actually got involved and contributed well. And it made the Indians a winner. You so so. Where is the weakness now? The primary weakness right now is in that bullpen. I mean, you have Karen Chak, you have uh, Whitgren. Uh, I I would suppose you could still count Brad Hand. And other than that, eh, that bullpen's a bit shaky. Bullpen's a bit shaky, and uh, I don't I don't know what they can do about it. Maybe there's somebody that um somebody that's just floating around uh you know at our alternate site or something that can just come in and be be a reliever uh but golly do we need somebody because we can't keep sending cam hill out there and uh brad hand he can be dominant one night and then the next night just choke on a horse and it's amazing, it, you know, it's absolutely amazing uh, the way he flip-flops back and forth between those two. But the GOAT, Jose Ramirez, gets her done. And there is no finer combo uh, uh, shortstop and third base in the, the major leagues than Frankie Lindor and Jose Ramirez. They're just amazing together. And, uh, you know, they, they like to, they like to goof around before the game, uh, tossing the ball back and forth off their glove, not even, uh, you know, not even using their hands, just bouncing it off their gloves to one another, like a hacky sack. I mean, that's the kind of thing that, that they do to get down and, and, uh, it's been working. 
because the two have really been the heart and soul of the team. But you you have to you have to get the rest of those bats hot, and and you really have to get that bullpen squared away. Uh, it's not really a surprise that Cookie Carrasco pitched well. It's not. Uh, Cookie Carrasco has been one of our best pitchers. Uh, you know, at, at least since he came back from uh, his his cancer battle. Uh, but my goodness, we have ourselves a true pennant race. So uh, keep your heart medicine nearby. Uh, get your stress ball to squeeze. Take up meditation, deep breathing, something, because Cleveland, we're going to have one heck of a ride this last seven games. Everyone counts. Every last one is crucial. But if we can manage to win, I would hope at least six of them. I want all seven. You know me. I want all seven. But I would hope at least six of them. Uh, maybe I would be willing to lose the last game of the year to the Pirates because we decided to give everybody else the day off. We we clinched the American League Central. No big deal. And now everybody take the day off. We're going to send in the, you know, the jabronis for the last game of the year, regular season, you know. Uh, okay, but otherwise, give me seven, Cleveland. Give me a streak of seven as we go into the playoffs, and then let's dominate the playoffs. Let's do what we need to do. Um, my, my, my. What a, what a beautiful time it is. Well, we have a developing situation in the NFL. It looks like virtually every game today that I've seen, there's some sort of noteworthy injury, whether it's Saquon Barkley or Christian McCaffrey or Tyrod Taylor. Somebody's getting hurt, and uh, that's not good. You know, it's not good to see at all. I mean, we, we were worried about COVID-19. These are simply football injuries on the field. And uh, I guess I have to be grateful that this all happened to the Browns already. So guys like Mac Wilson will probably be coming back soon where some of the opponents we have down the line are starting to lose players. And uh, so I guess, you know, from the perspective of uh, being a Browns fan, so far so good, you know, uh, we're, you know, we're going in the right direction. But as a, a typical fantasy owner and uh, just as a fan overall, you hate to see guys like Saquon Barkley and Christian McCaffrey uh, out. That's just awful. And Tyrod Taylor, you know, uh, absolutely nothing against him. When he was here, he was kind to the fans. He was a decent quarterback. I'm not saying he changed the world while he was here or anything. But it was it was nice to have him here, and it's a shame to see that he goes down too. Uh, let's hope that everybody recovers and uh, returns safely. That's the Browns and around the league. Uh, I know so many of you... Uh, are fans of another team. I hope that nobody on your team uh, faces any injuries, uh, even though tongue-in-cheek, of course, uh, the rest of the AFC North is welcome to all become MASH units. But, of course, I kid. Uh, best wishes to 
uh, Saquon Barkley and, and uh, Christian McCaffrey and Tyrod Taylor. Uh, our prayers for a fast recovery for all three of you gentlemen. Uh, go Browns. Subliminal message of sorts, a, a subtweet of sorts to uh, uh, absolutely nobody because nobody in San Francisco would ever listen to me. Hey, San Francisco, Jimmy Garoppolo's out. Now's your chance. Virtue signal, virtue signal. Go, go, go. You've all heard of Peter Piper and how he picked a peck of pickle peppers. Well, you should hear what Peter Parker, Peter Pettigrew, and Petey Pumpernickel all did to top him. Peter Parker, Peter Pettigrew, and Petey Pumpernickel all picked up a pint of natural pickled pink, perfectly pickled peaches, which are pickled for a purpose in their produce section. They're gluten-free, you know. I saw Twitter asking the very meaningful question, is oat milk killing the dairy industry? Yes and no. And this is an expert opinion. I am an expert and I have called myself to uh, testify uh, uh, on the subject. Oat milk is not milk. You cannot milk an oat. It is not dairy. And it is by no means outselling regular milk of any kind, be it 2%, 1%, whole, skim, uh, lactose-free. No. And uh, I would say that if it's killing the dairy industry in any way, it's killing the dairy industry by ruining the word milk. There's nothing milk about it. Harumph. So I had the opportunity on Saturday night to go have a listen to uh, my old family friend Cliff's band. Now, he's in his 80s, uh, and he still likes to jam. He likes country and blues, and he likes to play some jam sessions, and he calls them his concerts, and he invites people to come listen to him. So he sets up in the garage, and people can set up their chairs in the driveway and the front lawn and and listen to him play. And he does this about once a month or so. And he's got, uh, you know, he, he sings and plays guitar, and he's got a bass player, and he's uh, now he's got a drummer and he's got a, a fiddle player. And they jammed and they played a good 20, 25 songs and they just had themselves a good time. And, uh, you know, for being it was, I, it was like 45 degrees or something. Let's not kid ourselves. It was pretty chilly. There still were a good 30 people in lawn chairs in his driveway. And uh, all having a good time listening to to a, a you know a nice older fella who just wanted to jam for some people, and uh, you know we discovered a, a new drummer that had uh, moved here from California. Apparently, his wife was from the area, 
Um, and of course, he's played with his bass player for a while, and he met a fiddle player from down south that uh, happened to be up here doing a job, and uh, he brought his fiddle, and he wanted to play with somebody, and this was the perfect opportunity. Uh, and apparently, they have another guitarist who's 90 or 91, and uh, I have not heard him, but apparently he's amazing. But uh, I get to listen to uh, to him play about once a month, and it is the you know the only concert of any kind that I've gone to this entire time uh, that we've gone through this uh, COVID mess. Of course, there are a lot of parts of this country where all concerts have been canceled and you're not even allowed to gather as we did. Uh, and there were people uh, from five on up into their 90s all all in, involved. Uh, we had we had a couple of Japanese fellas. We had uh, men, women, uh, you know, at some point, we had a couple of uh, uh, nice older African-American people who were hanging out and then they had to go. But there were a good 30 people there listening to this jam session. And he kept saying, aren't you guys cold? Aren't you guys tired? You know, saying to the older folks, aren't you guys tired? And they, no, no, we're not. Aren't you cold? Well, eh, it's okay. This is like being at a football game, one said. I don't mind. I don't get to go watch my uh, grandson play football, so let's uh, let's keep listening to you play. And he was doing a good job, you know. And uh, they just kept right on playing. Now, the, the bass player and the drummer are both uh, classic rock fans. And I said, if you ever, if you ever want to talk him into it, I will... I will gladly uh, uh, jump in and help you do some classic rock. But, uh, you know, Cliff, he, he loves his country. About as rock and roll as he'll get, he'll get some Elvis or uh, uh, Johnny Cash in there. Uh, but uh, finally, he was getting ready to give up. And he was going to do Stand By Me Benny from Benny King. He was going to do that, and then he was, he was going to be done playing. And he says, uh, I'm going to do Stand By Me. And they said, oh, you want us to stand by you? All right. And now all of a sudden, everybody came up and stood by him. He's like, what are you doing? And they're like, we're coming to go. Uh, we're going to dance now. He's like, you want to dance? And they're like, yeah. And he, he thought about it. He's like, well, okay. And so he played, he played as many dance songs as he could think of to watch these folks dance. Now, most of them were, you know, older than me, uh, noticeably, but they essentially formed a white senior citizen version of a Soul Train line and danced. I mean, they really, truly danced. And I just sat there and enjoyed the music and kind of, wow, okay. You know, and I watched them go... And these folks just really wanted to enjoy life for a while. And so they were dancing their little hearts out. And you can tell that Cliff was just really enjoying himself. 
he was he was getting he was not only getting a crowd they were dancing and, and to what he was playing he just felt so good about it and you know i think about uh, the world that we are in and right now people need those little outlets those little moments of joy those little moments of normalcy and enjoying life again and as i've told you i'm i'm just a big fan of music you know i mean unless it's mariah carey or nickelback or you know some of this god-awful stuff nowadays i really and truly enjoy a lot of music and and what these guys were laying down was just amazing for being uh you know just a jam session you know i mean they haven't been playing together for years although cliff has been playing with tony the bassist for a while uh the other two guys are brand new and uh they were just jamming right along and this crowd of of 30 some people i mean we had a, a five-year-old and i believe a, a nine or ten year old we had uh we had some uh 20s and 30s and 40s in there but most of them were older than me by at least 10 years i would say and they were doing a soul train line forming two sides let them dance down the middle they were carrying on hooping and hollering it was amazing it was beautiful music my friends heals music makes the world go round music makes life better if if you can do nothing else share some music with someone you love and and just get up and dance just get up and shake your little rear it doesn't matter what it looks like just enjoy yourself enjoy life again joe biden uh said today in a speech that it was estimated that 200 million people would be dead by the time he was through with his talk i died i'm dead this is the afterlife and i want a refund this can't be heaven it must be hell how did i get here that explains a lot though doesn't it we're all really in hell already oh well it was a nice try. A young man with a passion, with a desire to be somewhere specific in his life, to, to become something that he was not, to uh, enjoy the splendor of a life that he had not earned to be a Boston Red Sox ticket holder. That young man snuck over that fence and he was in there fair and square and by gum, by the rules you have put down, he is to be a season ticket holder. You should not have treated that man shabbily. He had a dream. He wanted to sneak in to 
the, the Fenway Park and be a Red Sox fan and watch the game and live the life of a season ticket holder, and you denied it. How dare you, sir? The audacity, the nerve, the unmitigated gall. Oh, I am outraged. I am outraged for that young man. He had a dream. That's all. It was just a dream. And how dare you deny it? What kind of privilege do you hold, sir? I am outraged at the way you treated that man so very shabbily. All he wanted to do was live the American dream of being a baseball fan in a baseball park, and you threw him out. How dare you? So I saw the video floating around uh, where, where these uh, nutball patrons are in a Waffle House, and they ultimately start a fight with the guys working behind the counter. Now... Of course, you know, everybody says, well, that's Waffle House. Waffle House is just a crappy place. <laughs> I happen to enjoy Waffle House. I happen to know millionaires who enjoy Waffle House. That's not the problem. The problem here was that uh, uh, the goofball that, that ultimately starts the fight. If you see him, he's in a jersey, I think it is. Well, he tried to dine and dash. And he realized he forgot his phone. Well, the, uh, the people behind the counter found the phone and they're like, oh, really? Okay. And so they kept the phone. So this guy wanted his phone back and they're like, no, you left without paying. Pay up, we'll give you your phone. So, of course, this guy doesn't want to do that either. So <laughs> the fight ensues. And the last thing I see, uh, you know, I've seen stills of it is uh, <laughs> the grill man has the guy at a full Nelson. <laughs> oh, that is outstanding. And, of course, everybody's like, hey, Waffle House, you got, the, on the application, they ask, can you fight? No, I, I don't believe that to be true, but uh, it's good that this guy could. It's good that Waffle House grill guy could fight because apparently this guy thought that he was, uh, you know, that this was his mommy's kitchen. He was going to come in, eat a bunch, walk out, not pay, leave his phone behind, and then just come back and get the phone for free. Oh, no, 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 no. You ought to be surprised, young fella, that they hadn't called the police on you beforehand because I, I, I frankly would have. I would have just had had an undercover cop sitting there with your phone waiting for you to come swaggering back on in looking for your phone or waiting to answer the phone. So you go, hi, Peaches. Hi, you going to pay for your bill? But uh, apparently they don't do that now. So it's whatever. But <laughs> unbelievable. Dinner and a show at the Waffle House. I saw a video today of... Baker Mayfield, he looks like he's sitting in some sort of restaurant. And uh, he has this just classic, horrified face. And uh, behind him is, uh, is a couple that are making out. But they're not just making out. They're making out hardcore, making out. I mean, you know, just really going at it. And both of them, both of them have a mask on. 
<laughs> that is dedication, my friends. That it, if you if you are so in love that you're gonna take them to dinner, that's a beautiful thing. If you are so in love that you're going to make out in public, PDA as they as we used to call it. If you're gonna go PDA. You know, good on you. If you're going to go a PDA so hard that you make somebody's eyes bug out, hey, you know, good for you. But take your mask off. Oh, for the love of Pete. Bless your heart. <laughs> really? I mean, you're in, you're in public and you're going to make out at least go full throttle and take the stupid mask off. And now I actually, I actually ponder this. I actually ponder this. Is it possible to French kiss when both of you have a mask on? <laughs> oh, 2020, you are so weird. Go home, 2020. You're drunk, I swear. Krista, spokojni noči, mili. Good night, sweetheart. Well, it's time to go home. Good night, sweetheart. Well, it's time to go home. I hate to leave you, but I really...